Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. Introducing the new St. Regis by Dodge, a full-size car with value you can measure. For instance, St. Regis has more interior room than Chevy Caprice, a larger trunk, longer wheelbase. Yet, our six-cylinder gets better mileage. One more important measure of value. For all its superiority, St. Regis actually costs slightly less than a comparably equipped full-size Chevy Caprice. The new St. Regis by Dodge, full-size value you can measure. I could forgive you if you don't recognize the name Dodge St. Regis. They didn't make it that long. It was based on an old platform, Chrysler trying to squeeze what they could uh, with no money and trying to come up with a product. And unfortunately, this happened at the end of the 1970s when Chrysler was having a whole bunch of problems. Part of the problems they were having in terms of cash, vehicles weren't selling, they were selling large cars at the time, the public wanted small cars, and they couldn't get things to work at the plant. And that was Lynch Road, where these vehicles were built. By 1981, this car would be out of production. And the reason why you don't see vintage Dodge St. Regis or Chrysler Newports from that particular year, from roughly 79 to 83, um, my understanding is most of those got used in you know cop shows where the cars got wrecked and totaled. So a lot of them got crunched up in the making of a lot of these shows over the years, and they didn't sell that many to begin with. So to find a 79 Dodge St. Regis would be a treat. Fun fact. Back in 79, um, family was going to Disneyland and it was in the middle of the gas crisis. My dad, I had the job of taking the car, the rental car, which was a Dodge St. Regis, taking it and getting in line at the gas station to get that $5 worth of gas over a couple of stations, get enough gas to do what we were going to do that year. It was a nice car. I didn't know then that it was sitting on a fairly old chassis, but it was a nice car. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, well, the more you know. The year was 1933, and Richard Milton Hollingshead Jr., he was an auto exec, an auto supplier exec in Camden, New Jersey, and he had a problem. His mom loved movies, but honestly, she's fat. She's too big to fit in a regular theater seat. Couldn't go to the theater, but loved movies. So what did the man do? He had a brainstorm, and what he did is he took some bed sheets, put them together, put them on the side of a wall, took a projector, got a movie, and played it outside. She could sit in the car. She loved it. And then a, then a light bulb went off in his head. He said, you know, being an automotive supplier, it'd be great, you know, to have people who maybe didn't want to get dressed up and go to the theater, being able to go out and, you know, make it a family night inexpensively and watch a movie in their car. So he borrowed, a few years went by, and he borrowed $30,000. And in 1934, he opened a 10-acre site, the first movie, the the first outdoor drive-in movie theater near Camden. And I'm going to skip around, and I'm going to come back to this, but long story short, he did patent the process. Never made a dime. Never did. Part of the problem was that back then, if Hollywood didn't own the studio, you had to pay him. And for every movie he showed, he had to pay $400. He closed that drive-in theater after 14 months because he didn't make any money. Didn't make any money. Worse yet, it would be another 16 years 
of people ignoring his patents, by the way, because it didn't take off because the economics wasn't right. The idea was good. The economics didn't work. Till they knocked down his patent in 49. From there, from roughly the 40s to the late 50s, 4,500 drive-in theaters were built throughout the United States. And a thing was born. My question to you, if you're a certain age, and maybe if you're not, do you remember the first drive-in movie you ever saw? Do you remember where it was, what it was, and who you were with? <laughs> For me, I remember exactly. It was 1963. It was called A Mad, Mad World. It had everybody in that show. I mean, Spencer Tracy, Jonathan Winters, Scatman Carruthers, everybody was in that movie. Shelley Winters. Yeah, everybody was in Phil Silvers, Jimmy Durante. I could go on and on. Everybody was in that movie. It was a chase scene. It was great. And they were chasing after treasure. That was the first movie I remember seeing at a movie theater. Fast forward here in Des Moines, when I first got here <laughs> many years ago, there was still, well, there were, one theater was still open. In fact, at one time, there was three drive-in theaters on one street in our town on the east side of town. From the north end of town to the south side of town were three. By the time I got here in the early 1980s, one was left. And we got a chance to see that one and go to that one uh, to see a movie. And I think that was the last drive-in movie show I saw in Des Moines. Ironically enough, the nearest drive-in theater to Des Moines is 30 miles to the east in the country, just west of Newton, Iowa. And the Valley Drive-In's been around for years, and they've managed to hang on. Part of the problem today, on top of everything else, I mean, they fell out of favor with the rise of malls. Go figure. Everybody could, you know, go into a drive-in, go into a air-conditioned theater, and the theaters made more money because they could play multiple times a day, you know, the movies as opposed to two or three times in a night. So Hollywood was sending the best movies to the indoor theaters while the drive-in suffered. Then, add insult to injury, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, Hollywood switched to digital, meaning that the analog actual having film days were over. And for the drive-in theaters, they would have to upgrade, often at many thousands of dollars, in order to continue to be in business. And a lot of them didn't make it because they were mom and pops. And in the case of almost every single one, it was either raise the money or go out of business. Something I did not know that I share with you, there was a move underway by an automaker. Honda actually launched something called Project Drive-In that helped raise the money for a number of these uh, drive-in theaters to buy the equipment they needed to stay in business. My understanding is they were able to help at least 12 of these drive-in theaters stay in business. So the question, at its height in the late 1950s, early 1960s, there were some 4,500 drive-in theaters in the United States. Do you think there are any left today? First of all, this is a big question. Do you think any are left? The good news is, yes, there are. Even better, more than I thought. And looking at the story, I learned that there was some 302 drive-ins still in the United States today with a total of 533 screens. Interesting note, the second drive-in theater ever to be opened, which was opened north of Allentown, Pennsylvania, 
is still in business, believe it or not. And it was opened, let's see, I believe it was opened in the 30s. Shankweiler's Drive-In Theater in Orisfield, Pennsylvania, northwest of Allenstown. And it's considered the nation's oldest drive-in. <laughs> Something else. There are states that don't have any, and it's so sad. Alaska, Arkansas, Delaware, Hawaii, Louisiana, New Mexico, North Dakota don't have any drive-in theaters. However, New York State has the most at 28, Pennsylvania has 27, and Ohio, 24, the top three. You should take a drive this summer. Maybe visit a drive-in theater. Reconnect with what it was like uh, driving and exploring America and the flora and fauna of the thing. This is the Tech Mobility Show. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. Welcome to AONmeetings.com, your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to AONmeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's AONmeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial. 